What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. We're here thanks to Fantasy Alarm on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Monday Night Football in the books, Adam. Uh, week 8 officially in the books. We did not escape the injury bug, though. and We've got a number of situations we're going to have to deal with now, especially uh, with Week 9, even just looking ahead. Let's start off with the uh, the biggest injury news uh, around, and that being, well, first of all, you know what? I'm sorry. Adam, how are you? I'm okay. I mean, Monday Night Football, not the best result. Lost some games because I was going against a bunch of different Giants players, but what can you do? It really wasn't a wasn't a pleasant game. I didn't enjoy it. Weird stuff happening. Jaden Mickens, uh, Giants looking good for a half, and then crumble. I, it was just it was just gross. Just I mean, Al, Alfred Morris got eight carries, bro. What is going on, bro? Deontay Foreman, Alfred Morris, like what is going on? Twenty twenty. Welcome to twenty twenty fantasy football. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the Fantasy Alarm show when uh when news broke that the Giants signed Morris off their practice squad. I was like, oh, geez. Really? Is this what is this is this where we're at? Like to to deal with Alfred Morris now? Brutal. You must be they must be tanking if they're bringing up Alfred Morris and Daniel Jones as their quarterback. They have to be tanking. Uh, you know, listen, it was, is there any difference between that and Sam Darnold quarterbacking with Frank Gore as the number one? Uh, well, Adam Gase is the coach, so. Uh. <laughs> why you gotta, why you got to be so mean? Why do you say mean things like that? Oh, please, you don't like Adam Gase. I hate it. Don't Adam even Gase. hide it. Exactly. No, I mean, I mean, just bringing up his name to me is mean. Oh, I'm sorry. Just... <laughs> I mean, just the the mere fact they're not going to fire him. It makes no sense to fire him. So, you know, people ask me this all the time. They're like, why why don't the Jets fire Adam Gase? Because saddle him with an 0-16 season, fire him at the end of the year, and then just start fresh, right? You know you got the number one pick. Go and get a staff, a, a, a coaching staff that can nurture this team, that can help rebuild this team. But, you know, the, I mean – it doesn't matter to do it for uh, you know between now and and you know eight weeks from now. So might as well just saddle you know give give Adam Gase the parting gift of here's an zero and sixteen season on your resume, jackass. Oh, bye bye. No, I agree. I mean, your goal now for the Jets is get that number one pick. So that's why you probably wanted to see the Giants win this game, but they didn't. They fall, and uh, you know the Jets probably won't win a game anyway. At this point, the way they're shaping up. I mean, they've kind of shown no indication at all that uh, they have a chance to win a game. No, no. I Listen, I, I was trying to figure out. We were looking at wins totals at the beginning of the year. I'm looking at their schedule. I'm like, like how how could they even get close to like six wins this year, right? Wasn't that their win total? was? Six. Oh, dude, I wrote it up on the wager alarm oh. preseason. I did the bets and I took the Jets under six and a half. Oh, so gross. Like, Oh, man, I found a game they could win, bro. No, don't even. Yeah, don't even. Two, week, two weeks, uh, three weeks because they have a bye coming up. The Chargers. The Chargers are going to be up 21 and the Jets are going to come back and win. Oh, I feel bad for you, bro. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. 
That's just that's dude. It's terrible. the Chargers. Son. I they know it's the Chargers. Every time. <laughs> oh, gross! Right? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine just watching the number one pick overall just disappear because we backdoor into a win because the Chargers are, are like the worst team against the spread and just can't handle being a a, a big favorite? Ugh. Oh my God. All right, stop. Now you're really depressing me. Now you're making me sad. Sorry. My, look, the Chargers, even the Chargers can't blow a 21-point lead against the Jets, right? Stop it. See, you're right. putting out the bad juju now on me. Come on. Dude, we're going to talk injuries today, all right? We're going to talk really happy-go-lucky stuff like injuries and uh, and some of the impact of some of the major injuries that we did incur in Week 8 how that's going to play in week nine. Before we do that, always want to give a nice quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, Monkey Knife Fight, uh, the DFS site. You guys, you got to start playing on it, man. If you're not playing on, on Monkey Knife Fight, there's something seriously wrong. So check it out, and here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam, the team that endured the biggest rash of injuries, obviously, San Francisco 49ers, they got news on Monday. Uh, Not only did they lose Jimmy Garoppolo for at least six weeks, but uh, those x-rays on George Kittle's foot that supposedly came back negative uh, actually turned out and were re-examined and realized that this dude broke a bone in his foot, and he's out now for eight weeks, so... Right off the bat, and oh, and 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 they got Tevin Coleman back for like nine minutes, uh, and then he re-injured his already injured knee. So let's talk about this: Nick Mullins, uh, Ross Dwelly. I mean, the the are these really names that we're going to be able to kind of put our trust into, or you know, do you look to the 49ers and say, I just I got to avoid this team like the plague now? Well, not Mullins. We saw him get benched in the past for Beathard. And, you know, yeah, he came in and moved the football. But that happens a lot. We see a lot of quarterbacks that come into the game, especially since it was Seattle's poor pass defense and Seattle had the lead. So, yeah, he moved the football. But I don't think you're going to count on him. Uh, As far as tight end, it's probably Jordan Reed. 
for them because I think he's eligible to return. And you could say all you want. Oh, well, he always gets hurt, but <laughs> yeah, he'll, you know, be, he'll be out in a week. Probably, probably. But we did see him, you know, have some success earlier this year. I mean, it was against the Jets. He had seven catches, 50 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so, yeah. Right, and what mean, did he do the following week? He got hurt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's eligible to come back and it's probably going to be him. Um, and then if not him, then Dwelly. But, you know, I think tight end is such a bad spot right now uh, for so many people. Uh, my friend texted me today. He's like, Janu has disappeared. I go, well, welcome to tight end where only Kelsey and Kittle are safe. <laughs> and now Kittle's out for the year. You know, I mean, maybe Darren Wallery can put in there. I know he didn't have a good game this past week, but I think a lot of that was weather related. But after that, it's like, I, I guess TJ Hawkinson's there now. He's actually been one of the more consistent tight ends. Uh, but yeah, it's a tough, tough position where people are streaming and everything. So, you know, Reed could be back. They're saying, uh, I think Shanahan said he's optimistic that Reed could play Thursday against the Packers. So, uh, we know he's brittle and I think he's what, 30 years old now. So mm-hmm. it'll be him first and then Dwelly after that. Uh, they're just so banked up and it's just another example when you have that opportunity and you're there in the Super Bowl. Don't think like, all right, well, we came up short. We'll just come back next year. It's just you need so many things to go right. And for this year, everything has gone wrong for San Francisco. Yeah, oh, everything's re- legit wrong in San Francisco. Uh, what about the backfield? Do you even try looking at that? McKinnon, uh, I mean, obviously now you're taking Tevin Coleman out of the equation. You've got Jamichael Hasty. You've got Jarek McKinnon. Uh, who knows what Jeff Wilson's situation is going to be. So it really basically comes down to two guys and uh, and two relatively capable players. Well, Wilson is on injured reserve, so he's not playing. Is he Most done are for still the year, or is he like no, no, no. Like well, back in now three weeks. three usually three weeks. They he was placed on the IR though, so it's minimum three weeks. Most are still on it. So yeah, I mean it's a short week, so I don't know if Coleman will play. So we're probably looking at Jamichael Hasty and. McKinnon mixed in uh, for passing down work. But, yeah, Hasty becomes a good play. We talked about it yesterday. Green Bay's run defense is so bad. And you know San Francisco is going to just want to run the football and not put the ball in the hands of their quarterback. So, yeah, Hasty becomes someone that we're, we're looking at for this week on Thursday night if that game gets played on Thursday. If that game gets played, and let's touch on that real quick. Also, you're dealing with COVID. Uh, A.J. Dillon, <laughs> what – you're the NFL. You're telling me you can't get instant, uh, you know, analysis of a of a COVID test. Like, how is it that that they're running tests on Sunday morning before the games that they can't get back the results for 24 hours? AJ Dillon, Marlon Humphrey, the defensive back for the Ravens, uh, also. So now they got to deal with contact tracing. They've already started talking to. Uh, they they kept. Uh, Jamal Williams and one of their uh, one of their defensive players uh, home from practice because of possible close contact with AJ Dillon. Um, I mean, again, I, I'm not saying postpone the game or you know, I mean, uh, or, or you know, push it off to another week. But I mean, this might be a situation where it makes sense to say screw Thursday night football and either move it to Sunday or, or move it to even uh, to Monday. It's possible. We'll have to wait and see what happens on Tuesday. Uh, I'm sure they'll have to make it. I can't see them saying on Wednesday we're moving it back because teams are preparing as if they're playing for Thursday. 
but then again, it's 2020, it's COVID, things change and you have to adjust. So I think we'll have a better idea of uh, Tuesday. I know, I believe Pittsburgh was, you know, they played against Baltimore. They're fine. All tests are, are fine. So they'll continue to test every day and we'll just have to wait and see what happens at this point. Well, I mean, you know, we don't know everybody's okay with Pittsburgh. Like they have to, they, you know, they found out the positive tests today, this morning. So, you know, I'm sure that if they turned around and tested everybody from Pittsburgh and Baltimore, as well as the, the Packers and, uh, and they, they have to test the Vikings uh, as well. Cause Dylan played, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're going to get those test results back on, uh, uh, you know, Tuesday at some point, you'd have to think. So they, they could conceivably make a decision there, but you know, it's also going to depend on whether or not they need to quarantine people or how they want to do it. But I mean, again, personally, I really wouldn't mind seeing the game pushed off. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I, I don't make opinions and judgments. I just wait and see what they do. Yeah. There's nothing else you All can right. do. Well, you hang out on that fence there and not take a side. That's cool. What side do you want me to take, bro? Uh, like, what do you want me Thursday to say? Thursday Night Football's stupid. I'm well, done with it. You Okay, you can sit here and say that, but it's not going away. I know. But you know what? Listen, if we can get a little nudge in the right direction uh, because of COVID, let's take advantage of that. Let's do that. <laughs> Fine. You don't want to play along, Adam? Don't play along. Well, move on to another team. It's not going to change, man. You I have... know. Thank you. I'll write my congressman. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Dear congressman, COVID, football, just just get rid of Thursday night, please. I don't know. Anyway, so we talked to Kenny Galladay. We talked about replacements there. We talked San Francisco. Um, uh, other injuries. Oh, yeah. All right. So the other injury I, I kind of wanted to talk about was – um. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor? I mean, is he even hurt? Like, all of a sudden, you know, he's got a little bit of an ankle issue. Meanwhile, this dude just doesn't see the carries at all. He's, like, averaging, like, 12 carries a game. And and it just it makes no sense why they're not playing him. And now that he's, you know, dealing with this ankle issue, should we just invest in Naeem Hines and, and Jordan Wilkins? Well, look, Taylor's been terrible. Uh, I think a lot of it is is vision. Uh, but the thing is, I don't see them completely going away from him. Uh, so it's just going to make it worse. Uh, unless he misses time due to this ankle injury, they're going to use all three, which is going to make it a headache. I mean, everyone's going to go to the waiver wire this week and pick up Jordan Wilkins and can't blame them. But like, do you really feel confident that all of a sudden he's going to get 20 carries every single week? You know, they played with the lead, kind of milked it out. Uh, so, and, and Hines still involved in the passing game. So I, I don't, I just see all three being involved. <laughs> I don't see it being all three involved, uh, to please anybody there. That's, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's been a major disappointment for him because I think a lot of people felt, oh, after the buy, the upcoming schedule, he's going to go off. And it just hasn't happened, man. He's just looked terrible. Uh, he does not look like the player we saw in college. And 
you know, sometimes this happens with running backs, you know, they measure good and they look good and then they get to the NFL and, you know, they can't pick up the blocking schemes. They don't have good vision. I mean, you see it, you know, you're like, wait a second, there's a hole right there. Why aren't you going that way? And that's what's kind of going on with him right now. When you see that Jordan Wilkins, you know, had a better day, you can't look, their offensive line has not been as dominant as we thought, because mm-hmm. that's the one thing I think we all said, like, wow, the Colts got a really good offensive line. You want a running back there, whoever it is. It hasn't been as good. But when you see Jordan Wilkins put up the numbers that he did on the yards per carry and breaking tackles, and you see Jonathan Taylor do nothing with it, that kind of tells you who the problem is right now. Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. Did you draft him anywhere? Taylor? No, the price was too high for me. You know, here's the funny thing is that what we're looking at here, you know, everybody going absolutely bonkers over all the rookie running backs. You know, and just elevating him to the point. I mean, look at what's going on. Swift underutilized. Joshua Kelly, nobody cares about, seems to be. Um, you know, the, some of the guys who were, you know, Jonathan Taylor hasn't done anything. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had, you know, some good stuff. But, I mean, it's been so up and down with him. I mean, it's with the exception of James Robinson, who really came out of nowhere, came from <laughs> out of nowhere. Right. I mean, with the exception of James Robinson, uh, is there a rookie running back that you like would even remotely feel comfortable starting in fantasy? Uh, well, comfortable. I mean, look, you're starting CEH and he hasn't been awful. It's just that the expectations were so high because once we found out Damian Williams was opting out, you know, he consistently went in the first round. And, you know, he's had double-digit points in PPR formats every single week except this past week where they just didn't run against the Jets. So you're going to start him, but you don't feel – I wouldn't use the word comfortable with him. I mean, he's really an RB2. And I don't even know if we still know the distribution between him and Le'Veon Bell. Like, what is it going to be no, in a competitive no game? No. Right, because we've had two games where – it's been blowouts, so we don't know. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, you know, there's – I guess Antonio Gibson's the other who we feel, I'd say, decent about. I don't know about comfortable, but yeah, I mean – I, I, Yeah, the- I don't even know. I mean, he – even he is, doesn't see the, the touches. You know, how – you know, for weeks we were like, oh, J.D. McKissick, he's getting all the work. J.D. McKissick, they're not running him enough in, in Washington. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's all about, funny. see, that's the thing. It's all about level of expectations. And Gibson has had at least nine and a half points in PPF formats every week, except week one. So, I mean, this is what he's done the last few weeks, 12 and a half, 15, 22.8, 10.1, 9.5, 18.8. You're going to take that as your RB2 right now. Maybe we were hoping for more in the passing game, especially since he was more of a receiver in college and we are seeing a lot of McKissick, but you know, we knew that game against the Cowboys. I remember I was on the alarm show with you. We said he's going to score a touchdown that week, that they were going to – it was going to at least be competitive if they didn't play from ahead and he had a huge game. Now he gets the Giants this week. I think that's an environment where you feel comfortable starting him. Like he'll be a RB2 this week, which I don't even know if ranking someone as an RB2 is saying much anymore when you get down to the position. I guess the other running back that we feel – okay, here's two. That I wouldn't use the word comfortable, but their stock's going up. 
Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, right? Okay. Well, I, Zach Moss, I be, it's funny. I believe a little bit more in Zach Moss than than J.K. Dobbins. I feel like I feel like Sean McDermott would be happy to put Devin Singletary on the back burner more than John Harbaugh would want to do that to Gus Edwards. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, if Ingram's out though. Like they're gonna feel good about Dobbins. Like Edwards wasn't bad. Edwards and Edwards is not a bad running back. He's just Dobbins is the more explosive, the guy who breaks tackles. Like he looked really good. I mean, he had 113 yard rushing yards against the Steelers, man. So, and the way Lamar Jackson's playing right now, you're gonna want to run the football a ton. Now, people will say, oh, they're facing the Colts this week. They're a good defense. Well, people said that last week about the Steelers, and they ran all over the Steelers. That's just what Baltimore does. So. But if you're looking at where those guys were drafted, yeah, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is a disappointment right now because people were taking him in the fifth, sixth round, which I was like, I can't do it. And they might turn out to be right. But at going into the year, there was no way I wanted him. But I'm like, I cannot take this guy in the fifth, sixth round, sixth round. <laughs> yeah, it blew me away. It really did. It blew me away because, you know, we go through this every single year. Like when Zeke was coming into the league and everybody was like, that's a top five back. That's a top five back. You know, there was a, there was, there was genuine belief in, in all of that from everybody, even people who were skeptical of rookie running backs, you know, it was just like that, that generational talent type label that, that happens there. I just, we, I think we overinflate the rookies so much that it's just, it's, it's insane. And you're right. It's about what the expectations are of people. And they're just way too high right from the get-go. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure at some point, you know, some Clyde edwards Hilaire truther will, you know, actually admit to being wrong. But now they're just going to blame it on the acquisition of, uh, of, of Le'Veon Bell. Like, they're not going to, you know, ad- admit that it was, it was a mistake to draft them that early crazy uh yeah i mean but at the same time if i would have told you before the year that this was going to be the touches for ceh for the first several games of the year 25 16 25 19 13 30 in the chiefs offense do you want that running back you're gonna say hell yeah right so he just didn't get the touchdowns he he had one touchdown in those first six games if he scores two more touchdowns, we're looking at things differently. So uh, a lot of it is perspective expectations. And I guess the fair way to say it is if you fade rookie running backs more often than not, you're probably going to win. Now, you're going to lose out on a on a Zeke, a Barkley, a Kareem Hunt, right? Those guys had monster years their first season. So or do you say, well, it depends on the circumstance where with Zeke you knew coming in to the offense, offensive line, yeah, he's going to smash. Barkley's just a, you know, a generational talent, and Kareem Hunt going in Kansas. I mean, do you have to look at it like that? I mean, but then again, you could say that about CH this year because it was Kansas City. So it depends. There are certain people though that are going to have the mentality: I'm not taking a rookie running back that early, no matter what. And maybe you win most of the time, but there could be times you're going to be like, oh man, that was a mistake. Sure. Every once in a while, something will go, you know, against you. But if you're playing the odds and you're playing the percentages, uh, then, you know. Well, I'll say I'll say this and you probably saw this and I definitely saw it. I know we had discussions. 
there were people who were taking CEH second, third, fourth in the high stakes leagues. Oh, over, yeah, just stupid. Over Dalvin Cook, even Derrick Henry. Come on. I mean, that was idiotic. I didn't do that. Well, I should hope not, man. I mean, yeah. That's... I didn't get CEH anywhere. I wanted him. I got him in best ball maybe in round two, but in redraft leagues, I didn't get him because I was either picking – I had a couple drafts where I was two. I took Barkley. I took Zeke at three. I took either Kamara or Cook, four or five. I took Derrick Henry in one. Actually, I took Derrick Henry at 12 in a half-point PPR. Someone took CEH at four or five. I'm like, you guys are going to let Derrick Henry come to me at 12? Thank you. That's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know and I, like i get you know i i get the mentality that all right i've gotta take some chances here um and go for like really high upside but you know not with I, like with, with the first pick like that third overall fourth overall taking him i mean that just uh, that goes beyond i just gotta make you know take some bold risks that's just that's just complete stupidity like that, you're just pissing on your money. Yeah. You know, it goes to show you too. I mean, look, I respect the high stakes world, but remember, just because you put up a lot of money doesn't mean you're a good player. There are some people, everyone's income, disposable income is different for everyone. Some people are like, ah, it's only 1600 I could piss this away. Like, not a big deal. Let me take it. And they play a big lineup. So just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Money does not equal intelligence. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, any other injuries that you uh, that that you saw go down over here in uh, in in week eight that uh, that we need to finish up and address here? Uh, those were, I think, the big ones. We're not missing anything else, right? Oh, nah. Sam Darnold doesn't count. Uh, really no disrespect. Really not trying does. to be. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, well, oh, Gardner Minshew is not going to play uh, because of a thumb injury, and he might have been benched anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Judah, is that his last name? Who's oh, Jake Luton. Luton. Yeah. He's expected to start. It could be him or Mike Lennon. But why the hell would you start Mike Lennon? You already know he sucks. <laughs> For real, man. Like some of these guys, it's like really – like, just start the, the kid from Oregon State. See what he has. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Glennon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That would be that'd be incredible. Oh, my God. The point spread right there. Mike Glennon against Houston. Unbelievable. All right. Well, then there you go, folks. That's going to do it for us here on Annie Up. A little injury report. We'll get to some waivers on the next episode. Uh, and then we'll uh, see if we can't keep you getting ready for everything coming up here week nine fantasy football uh, as always big thanks to, to Adam Ronis uh, and we'll uh, we'll just catch you next time